1: Let me ask you this. If God made your schedule for you, would it look like the schedule you're keeping right now? The best thing you can do for your health, for your marriage, and for your family, and for your sons and your daughters is to, on your calendar, when it comes to Saturday, take that day and say, hey, we're going to take one day a week. We're not going to do ball games. We're not going to run around like chicken when their heads got off. We're going to go to the house of the Lord, and there we're going to worship.
0: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment. But first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus, because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, You're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word.
1: There's a legend about a man who had seven gold coins. And he went to a market, and he found a man who was a a beggar. He took his seven coins, and he gave six of the seven gold coins to the beggar. And the one coin he put in his pocket, kept for himself. Pretty good story, isn't it? What he didn't know, though, was that the beggar was a pickpocket. And when he wasn't looking, the beggar actually stole the seventh coin out of the man's pocket. Likewise, the Lord has given us six precious days in which we are to work. And he said, this one day belongs to me, but like the thief, we have stolen the seventh day and we use it for ourselves. Our our great grandfathers used to call this day the Holy Sabbath. Our grandfathers called it the Sabbath. Our fathers called it Sunday. And we now call it the weekend. It keeps losing its meaning. It gets weaker and weaker with time. It's interesting if you look at the verse, Exodus chapter 20, if you have your Bibles, the commandment there is listed, it begins in verse 8. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Everybody say holy. Just look at your Bible there. There's the commandment. It's really verse 8. 9, 10, and 11. You see that? You'll notice he spends more time talking about this commandment than any of the other 10. I think he's trying to tell us that this is important. Amen? Now, there's three words that summarize the lives of most Americans. And here are the three words, overwhelmed, overscheduled, and exhausted. Busyness has become the hallmark of the American lifestyle. Most are driven to succeed, to excel, to win, to be happy. And in that process of striving for success, in that process of striving for happiness, we've lost all perspective. We've we've lost our moral compass. We're overbooked. We're overscheduled. We've sacrificed relationships because of our schedule oftentimes. We're so busy at work. We've sacrificed relationship with our spouse, with our children. We've neglected our spiritual well-being. We're so busy. We've shortchanged our time with the Lord. And in prayer, uh, we have uh, neglected the most important thing, this Sabbath day that this fourth commandment talks about. And I believe that these four verses in Exodus chapter 20, the fourth commandment, it could be a lifesaver. For anyone here today who feels overwhelmed, overscheduled, and exhausted, number one in your notes, write this down. God has given us a need to work. There is a need to work. Verse 9 says, six days you shall labor and do all. Say the word all. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. It's okay to work. Nothing wrong with working. You're supposed to work. Did you know that? The Bible says if if a man refuses to work, he, he doesn't deserve to even eat. It's not always a fun thing to do. There are a lot of people who don't enjoy their work. For some people, work is a headache, it's a heartache, and it's a hassle. For some, though it's a joy. For some people, working is a delight. But what I want you to know is it is a biblical commandment. It says six days. Everybody say six. Six days you shall labor. You shall do all your work. The Bible says, and you're in Exodus, go back one book to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. Remember, Adam and Eve, they ate of that fruit. They were living in paradise. Everything was good until they ate of that fruit, and sin entered into the world. And God said to Adam in Genesis 3, verse 17, to Adam, he said, "'Because you listened to your wife and ate from that tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of that tree.'" God said, cursed is the ground because of you, because of your sin. Before the ground wasn't cursed, but now it's going to be cursed through painful toil. You will eat of it all the days of your life. Verse 18, that land, that earth will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. But it's going to take some work. Verse 19 says, by the sweat of your brow... You will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will what? You will return. He's just saying in order to live, in order to eat, you're going to have to go through a painful, he calls it a painful toil, or the sweat of your brow. It's going to take a lot of work. Now, there are many reasons to work. Write these, write these down. The first is uh, work enables you to, to achieve. You don't work just so you can have a roof over your head, and you don't work just so you can put food on the table. But I think one of the reasons why God gave us work and ability to work is that we might uh, work in such a way that we can achieve all the dreams that God places in our hearts. The second reason why we are to work is because through working, it enables you to provide for your family. You're supposed to provide for your family. I want to say that to you again. You're supposed to work and provide for your family. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 5.8, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, I thought there were just two categories, those that were saved and those that were unsaved. Didn't you think the whole world could be divided in two camps, those that were saved and those that were unsaved? Uh, that verse says there's a third, a third category, saved, unsaved, and those of you that don't provide for your family, while well, you're worse than the unsaved. That's what that looks like in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Number three, work enables you to give. I, I, I'm a firm believer that one of the reasons why God enables us to work is that we might receive, and that which we receive we're able to share and we're able to give. We are far too dependent upon our government. Our nation as a whole is becoming dependent upon the government. It's not the government's job to take care of everybody. I think God set that whole system up that he would bless us through our work and that we would take that and we would be able to bless others. And the fourth thing uh, the fourth thing about working is it enables you to have a sense of well-being. Uh, there's nothing better than an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. That's very fulfilling. Amen? Amen? Commandment number four says you're supposed to work six days of the seven, but the next thing that we're to get, and I write this down number two, there's a necessity to rest. If you work six days, there is a necessity to rest. Verse nine again, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But here we come, verse 10. All right, we're digging in here. The seventh day is a what? The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. To the Lord your who? To the Lord your God. Remember that line. We're going to come back to that. On this day, the seventh day, you shall not do any work. Neither you, in case you're trying to weasel out of this, or your son, or your daughter, or your manservant, or your maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your, your gates. No one is supposed to work on that seventh day. And here's why. Look at verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. He made the beaches and the mountains. He he did all that in, in six days. The sea and all that is in those things. But then the Bible says he rested on the seventh day. And the Bible says that the Lord blessed the seventh day. And he made that day what? Made that day holy. Now the Sabbath does not mean Saturday. Many of you think that Sabbath means Saturday. That's not what the word means the word means rest write that down the, the word sabbath means rest the lord the lord he knew listen he knew what our schedules were going to be like that we live these hurried lives we 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 work 90 miles an hour we run 90 miles an hour we parent 90 miles an hour we play 90 miles an hour some of you drive 90 miles an hour but in the middle of these hurried, hectic lives, God says, take a day and rest before you wear yourselves out. Now, why would he say that? Number one, write this down. It's the way that he designed our bodies. It's very simple. You've you got to understand this. God created our bodies, our minds, our emotions to run more efficiently uh, in six days with a day of rest rather than working every day with no day's rest. The first reason to rest, it's the way God designed us, number two. God blessed this day and he deemed it holy. Now whenever God calls something holy or deems something holy, it means that it is is to be set aside And I want you to look again at verse 11. Pay attention to all the words. For in six days the Lord, he made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And then he rested on the what day? The seventh day. And here's, now this is in Exodus chapter 20. It says, therefore, it's talking about creation. Where did creation take place? Back where in the Bible? Genesis 1, 2, and 3? But here in Exodus, he's kind of telling the story of what happened back there in Genesis. He said, in six days, God created all this. But on the seventh day, he rested. And then the Bible says, therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it what? Now, I've read the story of creation hundreds of times. I want you to go back one more time. Look at it. Go back to Genesis chapter 2. We were at Genesis 3. Go back to Genesis chapter 2. Now, this is the story of creation. This is when it's happening. It's it's being recorded. Exodus, we're kind of looking backwards. Genesis, you're in the midst of it. And you read chapter 1, he creates all these things. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. By the seventh day, now this is when it's happening, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And here it is in Genesis 2 verse 3, and God blessed, everybody say blessed, Blessed. say it again. He blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he had rested from all the creating that he had done. You read through the story, God didn't bless any of the other days. He did not bless the day that he separated the land from the water. He did not bless the day that he made the birds and the fish. He did not even bless the day that he created man and woman. Read the text. The only day that he blessed was the day of rest. And that fact alone ought to speak and resonate in your heart to the importance of this commandment. It wasn't that he couldn't create anymore and that he ran out of ideas and after six days god just couldn't think of anything else to create he blessed this day he said it's holy he was sanctioning by his example the value of rest the simple fact that rest is important he said this is holy this is the way we're supposed to live our lives but here's the third reason Most important reason for keeping the Sabbath. And get this, he didn't want anything to become more important than him. In our crazy busy life, he didn't want anything to become more important than him in your life. You go back up there and you look at that verse 10. I actually have it on the screen. That seventh day was a Sabbath day to who? Who was that day to? to who? Lord. To who? Lord. That day belonged to the Lord. It's just like tithing. That dime out of every dollar, that dime was holy. That dime belonged to God. It was holy. You set it aside. It's not yours. It's his. And in the same way, these seven days, and this is the Old Testament. We're going to get to that. I'm going to give you seven days, but there's one day. It's not yours. It belongs to who? It belongs to the Lord. And he's acknowledging that of all those seven days, that this day's the most important. Let let me tell you what God knew. Write this down. God knew of our propensity to fill our lives with so many things that he would just get squeezed out of our lives. He knew that. He He knew how crazy busy we would all be. Let me ask you this. If God made your schedule for you, Would it look like the schedule you're keeping right now? That's a good question. So let me tell you the best thing. Say the best thing. thing. The best thing you can do for your health, for your marriage, and for your family, and for your sons and your daughters is to, on your calendar, when it comes to Saturday, take that day and say, hey, we're going to take one day a week. We're not going to do ball games. We're not going to run around like chicken with their heads cut off. We're going to go to the house of the Lord and there we're gonna worship, which is our third point. Write this down. You see, God put it, this thing within us to work, He put this thing within us to rest. But God is telling us to take a day because we're to worship. We've been called, there's a never ending call to worship. And I wanna teach you something about the Sabbath day, all right? You don't get this in Exodus chapter 20, you didn't get this back in Genesis you didn't get this in exodus but you're going to get this in the next book the book of leviticus chapter 23 i'll put it on the screen notice what leviticus says it says there are six days when you may work but the seventh day is a sabbath of what of rest and the bible says it's a day of a day of oh it's here it is i know you don't think it's in the bible but it's there The Sabbath day is a day of rest. It's a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work wherever you live. It is a Sabbath that belongs to the Lord. Write that down. It is a day of sacred assembly. This was a part of the Old Testament law, observations, the observances. The Sabbath was on a Saturday. We call it a part of the covenant. It did have a sacred assembly. They met to celebrate or to commemorate the finished work of creation, that day that God rested. Okay, I'm I'm giving that to you. They gathered, they worshiped, they sacrificed, they gave, they sang, they prayed, they wouldn't do any work on that day. They pushed the pause button on life and they focused on the Lord. You got are you with me on that? And some of you are thinking right now, well, we don't live according to the Old Testament. That's right. We live according to the New Testament. We're no longer bound by all those rules. We know according to Colossians 2 that we're no longer held captive by legalism. We're no longer bound and judged by the Old Testament law and its systems and its laws. However, everything in the Old Testament, including commandment number four, of keeping the Sabbath was the shadow of something to come, a shadow of something that was even more wonderful. Write this down in your notes, point B there. It foreshadowed a Calvary rest, no longer a Saturday thing. It's now a Sunday thing to commemorate the finished work of redemption. The Old Testament Sabbath was a prophecy of foreshadowing of another rest, Calvary's rest. You see in the Old Testament when God, when did God rest? When did God rest in the Old Testament? He rested after creation. When did Jesus rest? Jesus rested after his new creation. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. Jesus came to create a new you. He said, I must finish the work of him who sent me while it is still day. He came to work. He came to create a new creation. And when he died, he bowed his head on that cross, and he said those words, it is finished. Because he was finished doing his job. The Bible says in Hebrews 10 verse 12, when this priest Jesus had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, that he sat down, he sat down at the right hand of God. Why did he sit down? Because he had finished his work. He rested, so to speak, because now salvation was made freely to all, uh, not by legalism, not by works, but by grace. Grace. Don't focus on the shadow and miss Jesus. He came to die for you, to give you rest, to give you peace, to give you joy. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28? He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? I will give you rest. Okay, 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 pastor, pastor. Why did we move the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday? I didn't change that. God changed that. We celebrate not on Saturday, Sabbath, but on the Lord's Day, which is a Sunday. Why? Because Jesus burst asunder from the bonds of death on a Sunday. He came out of that tomb on the first day of the week on a Sunday. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 10, Sunday's called the Lord's Day listen jesus rose on the first day of the week in mark 16 verse 9 it was a sunday he met his disciples after his resurrection on the first day of the week in john 20 verse 19 on a sunday he commissioned them to preach the gospel to the whole world on the first day of the week in john chapter 20 verse 21 he imparted the holy spirit on them in john chapter 20 verse 22 on the first day of the week the church was born on acts chapter 2 verse 1 On the first day of the week, on a Sunday. The early church collected offerings on the first day of every week, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. And the church in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, served communion on the first day of every week. Amen? And we have turned this holy day into a holiday. And I just want to say to you again, I, 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 don't, I don't really know if God really cares what day, but I think you're supposed to work five, six days, and there's supposed to be one day like clock, like a clockwork in your heart and your mind where you put everything aside, push the pause button on life, get, find you a sacred assembly where you get together and worship a living, holy God of this universe, set that day aside and worship Him, and worship Him alone. And if you'll take care of that, let me tell you, the rest of these commandments are all gonna fall in place for you.
0: If you were moved by Pastor Dudley's message tonight, we want you to know we have phone counselors standing by and ready to pray with you right now. Our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. Four seven seven seven. We are ready for any prayer requests or needs you may have. Ephesians 6 reminds us of the many gifts we have been given by God, and prayer is one of the greatest assets we have as Christians to fend off any attack by the enemy. So please don't hesitate to call us if you are alone and need to pray with someone right now. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like, for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening tonight. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus Radio Ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.